How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin, with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books. Chapter 20, The Big Night. Before we go any further, I just want to say that the show went over without a hitch. It was by far the best experience I ever had with music, and I went out on top with a bang. We sold the fucker out, and we had the time of our lives. I could have dropped dead after I finished. If it never gets better than that, so be it. I woke up, and all day I was going through my checklist of what had to be packed and how it had to be loaded up. Ange came over and was rechecking everything I was doing since I was a nervous wreck. Load-in time was 3 p.m., so all morning I was checking my watch saying, Okay, another six hours. That's six episodes, including commercials of Breaking Bad. Okay, another four to go. I then took a nap and woke in a panic. Have you ever fallen asleep and forgotten what day it is? I do, often. It scares me so much I almost started crying because I had thought I had missed the show. Ange told me to get back in bed because I had another two hours. She woke me up and we headed down. We were the first ones there, followed by Jackie and the other bands. Oh man, did these bands not hear Dad's speech. Besides the fact that they didn't help any of us with Loden, they passed on meeting the owner backstage and went across the street to get some barbecue sandwiches and dollar iced teas. They didn't tip any of the bartenders, and they got smashed before 5 p.m. The doors opened at 7. The first band was on at 7.30. If you're late, you don't get that time back. That's just the time that you lost. Sorry. Don't be shitty next time. Although I have to say, those guys sucking made me look ten times more professional and showcased how decent the band and I were. The reason I included that part about start time is because the first band, Sleeper Agent, missed theirs by about ten minutes. If we give you a half hour, you just blew a third of your time. They played pretty decently, but... They were more about the show than sound. If you were a movie, maybe I'd have your back when it comes to sights over sound and dialogue, but come on, man, act like you've played guitar before. They came in dressed looking as if Aerosmith and Johnny Depp had a love child with the number of scarves and bracelets they wore. They walked on with their tall boys and started sniffling and spitting on stage like they were suddenly stricken with a postnatal drip. Fucking gross. Rat Attack was my pick from Long Island. They were an art house band who, until today, were really nice dudes. They were short and snippy with staff and demanded things for a chorus of people that were supposed to come on stage during one of their songs. Maybe they were nervous, but I didn't care enough to ask. I had my own shit going on. Let them destroy their own reputations. They played three songs, all of which came out fine, but had so many bizarre parts that they made the audience look at each other with confusion. But when you're met with polite applause instead of woos and you rock, something has gone wrong and you need to fix it. But then they had this chorus for their last song. They all came out in these robes that were multicolored and had the band's symbol on it. They were a three-piece band, so after the chorus came out, the singer-guitar player put his instrument down and took a maestro's baton and started conducting the audience. Of about 2,000 people, they had their own fan base of about 20, all of whom knew the words. 
It looked bizarre and like something that belonged in the Hollywood Bowl. But here it was tonight at a rock concert. Whatever, guys. Finally, Arrowhead went on. The worst of the bunch. The guys I technically could have sued and got them this gig to show them no hard feelings decided to go on a tirade for five of their 30 minutes about why I sucked and they shouldn't buy my record. Which only drove people to buy my record. I should have sued for slander, but they destroyed their own reputation anyway. They flat out sucked. They invited friends on stage to dance and they'd stop in the middle of a song saying, oh, I don't remember how that one went. By the way, that was a Metallica song they stopped in the middle of. They were crucified for that and booed off the stage. I would have been embarrassed for myself, but I was smiling ear to ear. I couldn't have had a better intro if I wanted. They were the worst opener I've ever seen in my life. It was a guideline for how to be mediocre. It was time to go out. It's my turn to make a statement. I had my rules. I had my set. I had a job to do. And I was going to do it well. The lights dimmed down, and I had my introduction done by the boys from Nonsense at Noon. They made the crowd crack up and put them in good spirits. After that Arrowhead horror show, they needed it. I got myself together and let the show start the way we rehearsed. Jason went out first and started the drums to It's All Over. Maggie came out second and they started an eight-bar bass and drum duet. Then Nick came out. Already the crowd was in much better spirits. They were getting palatable music. Nikki comes out and kept one note going palm-muted at one rhythm so Maggie and Jason can keep up the duet if it went well. After that was done, I took a breath and walked out with my hand in the air to say hi with a big shit-eating grin on. The place didn't know who I was, but they already knew I was for real. I kept things light on the mic. Sorry about that before, that other band gets a little cranky when they haven't gotten their daily spanking. The whole place laughed. Don't worry, we'll give it to them. I just wanted to say thank you, everyone, for coming out and for all of you to know it means the world to us. I let them applaud some more. Make sure you stick around for Jackie Eel, all right? Let them applaud some more. I reached my line limit, so I walked back to Jason, had my ass to the crowd, and started playing the riff that started this whole thing. <laughs> I was shaking my ass in time and having fun. After they'd eaten up the song, I knew this show was going to be amazing. We didn't waste time and went straight into no pressure. I started the song with the loop pedal, so I had the camera zoom in on me while the lights dimmed low. Ange told me after that the moment made her, um, flood her basement? I guess if that's accurate, but the synth matched the timing of the band, and it killed. <laughs> After that, I took a swig of water and vamped. We sound all right out here? The crowd was loud, but sounded soft. I said we sound all right out here? The crowd got even louder, because you sound beautiful up here. Put the water down. This next song is one of my favorites. Hope it's one of yours, too. Then we kicked in to Use Somebody. To this day, one of my favorite songs. That went well, then nobody spoke, but 
We put on our capos and played Oh Brother. Chris didn't have a dry eye the whole night, and neither did I, in truth. The whole time, I felt like I was on the verge of tears. This next one is going to be a little bit more serious in the message, and on my vocal cords. Regardless, it's Nick's favorite. While you're at it, make some noise for Nicholas Bassicat, huh? The place went nuts for him. He started playing 45, and the crowd went wild. The same thing with Simple Man, except I had to make the obvious joke. Maggie, if you play your cards right and listen to the words, you too could be a simple man. We were greeted with applause and a middle finger from Maggie. And after that was done, I thought I was going to pass out. Uh, next was Long Long Gone, the song I wish I hadn't been given the chance to write. I said as much on the mic. This next song is a tough one, folks. The song was written for the man who recorded this EP, and to be honest, I'd give it up just to have him back for another day. He did all the drums on the EP, and I gotta say, he'd have torn this place up. The song started, and we were greeted with lighters and cell phones, with the flashlight on, waving back and forth. I made it through, but barely. <laughs> Uh, lastly, I played my favorite song, and the one I taught myself to sing to. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a night none of us will ever forget. Thank you so much for coming. You didn't give me life, but you showed us how to live. Rest in peace, Chris Cornell. Nikki, kick that shit off, will you please? While Nick started the riff, I threw Jackie some love. Who here is excited for Jackie Ill, huh? The place went ballistic. Show Me How to Live is a mother of a song to sing. So after I did that scream at the end, I simply said, You guys are incredible! We're back under pressure. We love you. Good night! And just dropped the mic on stage. It was badass. I went to my dressing room to take a shower and changed before playing Jackie's set. But Ange was waiting back there in need of me to fix the flood problem. I went back out all sweaty and gross, but I played my ass off. We did our duet, and Jackie did something that knocked me dead. She said, Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Manning! The place went ballistic, chanting, Doug, Doug, Doug. It was amazing to hear but I had an even better view. I saw my beautiful girl staring at me with all the praise and honor I couldn't have gotten from ten of those crowds. I had two thousand people in there, but I was really playing for an audience of one. I know this whole time I've been saying, fuck this business, it's good for nothing. Everywhere is like that. I'm not leaving music because I hate it. I'm leaving because I love teaching and being with Angela Moore. If you want to make it music, go for it. The road ahead is 
filled with the traffic of others doing it as well. But if you can figure out the path to get there and do it with earnestness, integrity, and most important of all, legally, then Godspeed and good luck. I'll be here. Listening. This has been How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books.